0: Welcome to episode 347 of the Microsoft Cloud IT Pro Podcast, recorded live on August 9th, 2023. This is a show about Microsoft 365 and Azure from the perspective of IT pros and end users, where we discuss a topic or recent news and how it relates to you. Today, we have another guest on the show as we sit down with Meryl Fernando, a principal product manager in the Microsoft CAT team to discuss the tools and content Meryl is building to support Microsoft Enter customers. We also may discuss the Azure AD rename a little bit as well. So let's get into the discussion. Here we are, Scott. Once again. Once again. Not on a Friday. Once again on a Sunday. Wednesday. Wednesday evening for some of us. Not Wednesday evening for all of us, though. Yes. Well, we have a guest here. So, Scott, we mentioned Meryl. I can't remember. We first talked about Merrill an episode or two ago when we started talking about Entra. Meryl, you're super active on social media. You've created a bunch of tools But you're also a principal product manager in the Microsoft CAT team with a focus on the Microsoft Graph for Identity, which ties into what was formerly known as Azure AD, now is known as Entra ID. Anything else you want to include in there about you? Like Some people may not even know what even is a Microsoft CAT team, so... Do not tell us a little bit about you, and inter- to give us a little bit of your background and what
1: you actually do at Microsoft. Absolutely, Ben. So I'm part of the Microsoft Intra team. We fall under the security division now. We used to be part of the Azure world before, and now we they've moved all of the security products under like one leader, under Charlie Bell, who came over from Amazon. So. There's this big focus on everything security, and I'm part of the Intra, Microsoft ENTRA team. I need to remember remind myself that it needs to be Microsoft ENTRA. I'm not supposed to say just ENTRA on its own. <laughs> 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 As part of the Microsoft ENTRA team, my role is we are part of the engineering team, but we work with customers. So, I lean towards working with customers and we are sort of regional based. My entire team is spread spread out across the world. I'm in Melbourne, Australia, and I work with some of the very large customers who are deploying Microsoft Entra and helping them make the best of what they already have. And one of the key part of my role is to make sure that the feedback from these large customers gets taken into the product. And even early on when the product is being built, we have folks coming, the PMs coming and talking to our customers, getting their feedback, even before they've written a spec, right? So that sort of that continuous feedback loop is there. We so this is with the larger customers, we do this, but we also have a forum called Microsoft Intra Advisors, where we have a bunch of people from MVPs, everyone else involved. And that's a different forum where we get feedback from that space as well. Got
0: it. Very cool. I think I actually just joined Entra Advisors a few weeks ago. I looped myself in there. Now, whether I have time to participate (laughs) much or not, we'll see. Just ask. Scott i I have a problem saying
2: no Ben likes to install betas so if you have access to a beta anything <laughs> you can go ahead and, and put it out there and and I think Ben also like much to you know the shock of all of us likes to just click buttons and gets hands on with things so sometimes I've seen him do those things like oh I'm just going to deploy this conditional access policy and see what happens right I've been a fan for a while. While. Like, I, I kind of watch from the sides. I'm, I'm always interested in kind of content creators, you know, like having a podcast, doing YouTube, all those kinds of things. I'm interested in how other folks approach it. And one of the things that I've been a fan of with lots of the things that I've seen, and I'm going to say you, like, there might be a team behind it, but, I, but I've seen you putting out a lot of things like cmd.ms. Like, Ben and I spent a whole episode on that thing once, just talking about, like, <laughs> hey, this is great you can go here, here's a resource for you. By the way, like it's all just DNS-based, go ahead and click this. Remember this one URL and as stuff changes on the back end, like we talked the whole transition from Azure Active Directory to Microsoft Entry ID, it's all just kind of like work for you, right? It's, it, it's, it's all magical and it's goodness. And I think one of the things that I really like about the content that you put out, especially on social media, like I love the tooling, but with social media, like you've been doing these little cards lately and they're super just, Actionable people can learn new things. Like you, you had one. I was trolling your your Mastodon account earlier today. It was one about being able to do dynamic groups with new higher new new employee dates, higher dates out of Azure AD. And I was like, I didn't know that was there. Like, I didn't even know it was added. Like, when did that get added? It's really great the the work that you do. So I imagine most of that gets born out of working directly with some of the large customers, like you mentioned, and being kind of closely aligned to. Product and, and that entire stakeholder
1: feedback loop. Yes, yeah. So one of my day jobs, like the bulk of my time, is spent learning upon new things, things that haven't been published yet. <laughs> we are still engineering is building it, and we uh, we are going through the specs. But what and we do like various learn docs, and that we when we publish, there's heaps of uh, content that we produce. But what I noticed is yes, I, I introduced them to my customers. NDA they have the NDA and you know, I they know heads up like even before anything comes up on public preview about those features. But for everyone outside, it's just a lot of information for them that's coming at them from different sources, right? New features, the cloud is always moving. So I wanted to be able to like help people Just get things in a few seconds. Like That's my goal with everything that I post. Um, Sort of make it easy to consume. At least you can just file it away at the back of your mind. And that's the thing that I didn't notice most people doing. And that's been my sort of way into the social media. And I just stumbled across it. Like I was like, hey, this is a cool thing. (laughs) And I just posted it and people sort of seemed to like it. And it sort of just kept on (laughs) going from there and... I just do it outside of my my actual day job, but it's related in a way because I'm already in that whole feedback loop cycle, and this just helps me, you know, reach out to people who might never I might never get to work with and share that information.
0: Very cool. I'm curious. That's the whole content creation, but I look at all the stuff you've done, and we're gonna start talking through some of these too, Meryl. I'm convinced that you must not sleep with not only the amount of social media you do, but the amount of <laughs> tools that you've put out. We talked about the cmd.ms for that central portal, uh, but that like just scratches the surface of some of the stuff that you've done to kind of help the community, help end users, help people like myself managing all of this stuff in Entra. I have a list of them here, but do you have a favorite one or one of these that you've put out that you especially like or especially proud of that is kind of your favorite of everything you've done or one that you really
1: enjoy talking about? So the one that I put in the least effort and one that I like a lot is obviously cmd.ms, right? Like it just came to me and almost every tool I've built is basically for me like I, I had this thing where, hey, I this is frustrating for me. I need to. I need a different thing, and so that's what gets me motivated to build uh, stuff. And coming from a dev, like we all from dev, from SharePoint and all those days, we just built all these different things to help help us out all the time. We had to build a lot of that in the SharePoint tool, right? Various <laughs> yep. apps and toolkit. So that's one of my reasons, like to solve my own problem and. I was like always opening up pages to my customers, and in a hurry, I need to get to conditional access page and show something. And I was in the middle of presenting, and I have to click on multiple things, or they'll ask, you know, how do I go to change these MFA methods? And I just need to click, or sometimes the menus have moved, and I don't know how to (laughs) get there. So that's the reason I thought, hey, this should be should be easier. And uh, just over the weekend, I. It just took me a day or two to like really come up with a working version of that, and uh, the domain was like, "Hey, this domain is available," so <laughs> that just made it uh, a lot more easy. And the, my domain renewal is coming up, so it's almost like one year since um, I introduced that, and it's one of the most visited sites. Like I get uh, at least like five k uh, sort of uh, visits a day on on that same <laughs> domain that I miss.
0: I can see how that's handy. Again, kind of like Scott said, keeping track of all the admin centers and the URLs and where they are and where they're going is confusing. Another one that you came up with recently, and I have used this one a fair amount, is with the whole shift from Azure AD to Entra, or to Microsoft Entra. I don't work for Microsoft, so I can probably say just Entra, but I will try to (laughs) remain correct here. Is... This Microsoft Entra mind map, and I have struggled with this myself, is after using Azure AD for like eight, nine, 10 years, I know where everything is, and now I go over to Entra, and things aren't always in the same spot that they used to be or under the same submenus, it just all looks different. So you created this Microsoft Entra mind map. And I'm wondering, is this kind of the same type of thing? You started using Entry, and you're like, I don't know where anything is anymore. And it's a map for you. This is another one of those that I have found very helpful as of late.
1: Yes, that's exactly the thing. So when I was first told about this role, I was like, this the role that I'm in right now, I was like, what's so much in Azure AD? Like, it's just an AD, you log in, and there's users <laughs> and groups. Like, why do you need like a whole team, and you need someone? But... Once I joined the team, it became so obvious there's like so much that's happening, so many new features. And like from my posts, I'm sure people would see, right? Like it's almost I started this intra newsletter and I thought I might not have content, but there's always new stuff coming out every single week. The whole idea that and it's it's growing, right? It used to be Azure AD. Now, the family of products related to that is growing as well. And that's one of the reasons behind coming up with that name, Entra, because we initially started out with the permissions management. We acquired Cloudnox. Then we have ID governance. We have what used to be B2C before as well. So it's more than just a directory service now. And even when some of the folks that I speak to stakeholders, they're like, this is only working with Azure. Like, why, why would I have my AWS sign-in hooked up to Azure, right? So that sort of confused. And so it, it, the, that's one of the biggest reasons, I believe, that we wanted to create one single brand under Intra and say it's not just Azure, not just Microsoft, the, the sort of products that we're building and with the newest offering we announced with uh, the network access, the Microsoft's SSE solution, you can use it, without any of the Azure or M365 being involved in in those flows. So that's the reason. And if we had kept Azure AD the same, it would have been very confusing where everything else was Microsoft Entra and then you had just Azure AD being different. So it just aligned it with that.
0: Got it. So that was one, and I know this question... It kind of came up in Discord even before we started talking to you today. And it's been a slew of discussions on social media. So we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. But a lot of people are like, it used to be Azure AD. It's been Azure AD for, I don't know the exact time, but it's in that eight to 10 year time frame. And I was one of them. I'm like, why didn't we just rename this? Eight years ago, when it first came out, there was all that confusion around Azure AD versus waiting till now. But it sounds like a big part of that was, I mean, eight or 10 years ago, there wasn't all of this other functionality. And as kind of the ID platform, the security platform has grown there was just that need to kind of wrap it all up under a single brand
1: there was no conditional access like there's no even there was no uh, mfa <laughs> <laughs> like those were all acquired even today you can see the last remains of the mfa you, if you go to the legacy mfa portal you can see it's the the very old school View So you can still see that (laughs) you set up some of the system, the MFA settings. So um, that's still there and we are purging some of that. But so when when Azure AD first launched, none of that was there. Like there was no conditional access. So everything, it's been building up, but in people's mind, There were a lot of folks who were just thinking of it as just a directory service for Microsoft 365 or directory service for Azure, and it's a whole lot more than that. And this the mind map for me was a way to show that it is a lot more. Like I, I started the mind map even before Intera was announced with Azure AD because even when it was Azure AD, there was so much involved, and as an admin, you wouldn't even know there were things, there were certain features unless you sort of looked at it from a like you took a step back and you couldn't really see that in the docs or when you go to the portal because you had to drill down a few steps to go and see some of those unique parts of the portal. I always forget about that, like just as things
2: grow up. You know, you made the comment earlier, like why would an AWS customer not recognize that they could use Entra ID as an an identity provider? Mm, It's like 50-50, it's probably not so much that they didn't recognize they couldn't do it, it's that it didn't have the feature at the time that they needed. Right? Like I used to work a lot back in my SharePoint on-prem days with customers doing ADFS deployments and we weren't doing ADFS for the sake of ADFS we were doing ADFS because we had an alternative provisioning system for user identities and then it was tied into fim or mim and you know we had all these needs around custom claims and customizing saml tokens and pushing things through a real pipeline and they like just stuff wasn't there and then today you go look at entry identity it's like, oh, wait, I can actually manipulate claims and do custom attributes and all these kinds of things. And maybe I can tie them in with MFA. And if I tie them in with MFA and conditional access, like what does that add up to? And what does that thing mean for me? Well, we're. You know, even things like branding. <laughs> like I always forget to like to the degree to which like branding is important for customers. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, you, you can go do all that stuff. Have have fun. There's there's a whole lot here for you to look at. Go figure out your licensing first if you can figure it out, and then come back and functionality will just manifest magically.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned branding. That's something I'm tinkering with. Something that I'm planning on adding to ID Power Toys. There's a lot you can do in branding. It's not very apparent. There's lots of features being added on the Entry ID login page that you can customize. So
2: I'm intrigued. You're going to build like the lookbook for Entry ID branding (laughs) and bring that up. And then I've got to push back a little bit because you said you build these tools for yourself. So you have another power toy called the Conditional Access Documenter, and it documents your conditional access policies inside of PowerPoint.
1: Why did you need that for yourself? Because I was with a customer and they were having issues with conditional access, right? Like they're saying, I'm going to introduce this policy and making this change. Why is it not working? But conditional access is a is a join of all the other policies that you have. So if your user is in scope for multiple policies, then you need to understand what all the other policies are. So I'm, as a consultant who, can, who was looking into their policy. I couldn't just look at that one policy and tell him this is the way to do it. I needed to know what he had in in all of the other policies. And the problem with the blade view is you need to click and even just looking at one policy, you click between different things. You need to remember, okay, he had that selected, then you click on the grant section, the other blade goes off, you are looking into something else. So you Just remembering what's in one policy takes a lot of cognitive effort. So I wanted, hey, wouldn't it be nice if I could just look at this whole policy in one view? And then so we all always had sort of JSON exports of it, which was good, but it was like a long string, right? And you couldn't really (laughs) make much sense of it once it goes into like two pages. And that's that's why then I thought, hey, I can do this. It actually started as I wanted to build a way to see all of the policies in one view. That became a bit hard. That's my vision to say, I want a combined view of all the policies or at least, you know, if it's MFA, I want to combine all the MFAs and see how they interact when a user signs in. But that became too hard to implement. So I just did a basic version for now, which is just each policy at a time. And it's fairly easy with PowerPoint to just page up and page down and you can quickly flick between them. It's uh, So that was very really exciting for me to like see it come to life and build it as I go. Gotcha. Yeah,
2: it's a. I was playing around with that one just in a test tenant to see what. I was like, oh, this is really cool. I could have used this once or twice. Like back in the days when I was a consultant and helping <laughs> folks out. Like, like in that mindset of like, yeah, absolutely. Like, let's sit down and do a, a kind of wrap or review of your environment and and see what's happening. So it's it's just another one of those things that's just kind of hanging out there, and you go like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Let me pick that up and click some buttons and see what happens. It just takes a little bit of permissions in the graph and, and making sure that you can pull all that stuff back out. Absolutely. I would agree. Do you feel overwhelmed
0: by trying to manage your Office 365 environment? Are you facing unexpected issues that disrupt your company's productivity? IntelliJink is here to help. Much like you take your car to the mechanic that has specialized knowledge on how to best keep your car running... Intelligent helps you with your Microsoft Cloud environment because that's their expertise. Intelligent keeps up with the latest updates in the Microsoft Cloud to help keep your business running smoothly and ahead of the curve. Whether you are a small organization with just a few users up to an organization of several thousand employees, they want to partner with you to implement and administer your Microsoft Cloud technology. Visit them at com slash podcast. That's I-N-T-E-L-L-I-G-I-N-K dot com slash podcast for more information or to schedule a 30-minute call to get started with them today. Remember, Intelligent focuses on the Microsoft Cloud so you can focus on your business. I've struggled a lot with conditional access policies, more from, like you said, Meryl, to try to figure out what's going on. When you go into a tenant and there's 10, 15, 20 different conditional access policies and you run even the what if tool, that at least tells you what applied and what didn't apply, but it doesn't always clearly document out, okay, how is this one configured to cause it to apply? So being able to just have them all laid out in front of you like that is really helpful or even Customers. Customers still like documentation too, right? They still like to know what got created in my tenant, how is it configured, so if I ever need to go recreate anything, I can. So uh, being able to just quickly spit that out like that, I have a lot of other services that I would like to see something similar for, Merrill. if you have some more free time. Uh, I can start providing you a list of other things to document within that Microsoft 365
1: suite. Yeah, being visual, like I'm a visual person and it sort of like it helps people in this world where everything is like moving so fast, right? Like you just want to quickly understand things and... uh, like having a visual really helps.
2: You've gone that extra click stop. I'm usually happy if I can just figure out how to like parse the JSON response from the you know random rest API. I'm like, oh, okay, I made it this far. Good. I've got a CSV. Let's stop here. <laughs> True.
0: Yeah, so I have another one you've created. We're just going through the list of Merrill's <laughs> awesome tools here. <laughs> I somehow missed this one in everything you have created and this one isn't necessarily as graphical this one spits out a bunch of json files but this is your azure ad exporter that it's a powershell module you built that like goes through your entire well you're gonna have to change the name of this Meryl. it can't be the azure ad exporter anymore (laughs) it needs to be the microsoft entra exporter but it essentially exports your entire configuration of Azure AD or Microsoft Entra ID and Azure AD B2C into these JSON
1: files. Yeah, so this came this was one of my very first hackathons. So a lot of these some of these toolings were all came from hackathons that I worked with with other colleagues. So we came up with this idea of Hey like by like just a way to have an export of things so you can maybe have an audit history like we know everything goes to the audit log, but it's a diff- bit difficult to pass like who changed which conditional access at which time or who flipped this setting in my tenant so um we thought of like hey why not just have a Json output export it, keep pushing it into git and then you get a nice history of what setting changed in that process so that's was the the idea behind that and a few of my colleagues we got together and built this during that hackathon and uh, yeah it, it's been uh, used quite a lot I need to update it a little bit with some of the newer stuff that we've added but yeah it's one of I just checked yesterday it's one of the uh, my most starred repositories in, <laughs> on on GitHub so people are really liking that
0: yeah and this exports I mean this exports a lot of information. just looking through your documentation here, it exports, looks like users' groups, external identities, roles, admin units, applications, a bunch of stuff from identity governance from application proxy, all the licensing, domain names, company branding. Like this isn't just like, export my users in licenses. This crawls through your conditional access policies. I saw those down in here. Yeah. It exports all of those. This exports a lot of information out of Azure, we'll call it Azure AD for now.
1: Yeah, it takes a long time to run. Like I work with large tenants who have like, massive number of uh, users, so it just takes, it takes a long time, like it can take a day sometimes to run with those larger tenants. So by default, we don't do the users. So if you just run it, we basically take just the config, because that's what is more valuable, right? Like your conditional access policy or authorization policy and various settings, and we export that as the default, but you can opt in to do a full export if you want to. And while I have this, I should call out M365DSC, which is an awesome tool, which does a lot more. I didn't know about it when I built the Azure AD Exporter, but I still think that they serve slightly different purposes. Like my intent here was to have it in Git. So you have sort of like a Git repository or a history of the changes that happened in your tenant. And we give instructions on how you can set up your Azure DevOps to Commit, you set up a build pipeline so it runs daily and just keeps committing your the history of your tenant.
0: Got it. So that was kind of some of the purpose of this was not necessarily that one-time export, but to run a daily or weekly, however often you wanted to run it, and be able to essentially do like a comparison of those JSON files and see what changed day-to-day, week-to-week, whatever stuff when conditional access started acting up, and you could see who changed what settings in a policy.
1: Yeah, because I used to work for an organization before I moved to Microsoft, and half the time you were like, who did this change, or like, when did this happen? Did somebody turn this on today? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you can get them from the audit logs, but you need to go and search for and you know know which event. So this is a like an easier way to say, hey, this has not changed for the last month, so it's definitely not something any one of us did.
0: Right, that question.
1: <laughs> hey, this is universal work. Truth. Okay,
0: who changed what? And everybody says it wasn't me. I didn't
1: touch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the Shaggy song
2: <laughs> didn't come from. My machine. Yeah. Something that's absolutely true. (laughs) All over the place. Can you build one of those for the Azure audit log? Like, that'd be great. Like just the the activity log, you know, like like the built-in one that's in azimon. Like just just give me like that export for 93 days to JSON. I'd be all set. Isn't that called log analytics, Scott? Yeah, but I don't want to pay for log analytics. (laughs) Let's be honest. Like JSON files in a free Git repo. Way more economical <laughs> than anything else that we've talked. You know, I'd hazard to guess you could even run the Azure ED exporter, which will be renamed at some point to the Entry ID exporter, no, as Microsoft a, in a, in a, in a in a free Microsoft. Azure DevOps project. Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I dropped Microsoft. I'm I'm not even good at the branding thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So
0: what else? You've got a couple other ones here: Graph X-Ray. This is another one of your tools, Meryl. Go from the Azure portal actions to Microsoft Graph PowerShell in seconds. This one has the beta moniker on it. You have it labeled as a beta. What is this Graph X-ray one? This is another one that I don't think I have used or run across before.
1: This is more for people in the Microsoft 365 space and I guess in like a lot of the Intune folks like it. So we usually go do something in the portal, right? Like you create a dynamic group and you set the select the settings, the filters, and you hit save. Now you're like, okay, I need to deploy for production. I need to deploy, write a script that creates that group. Or I need to create multiple versions of it. Like what's the partial command to do that? And usually you'll need to go search for creating a group, then figure out how do you pass those parameters and then write the actual script, test it out. So this is sort of like a recorder where you turn it on in it's just a Chrome extension. It looks at all the traffic that goes, or usually people just do dev tools because the portal is using graph APIs to do the changes. So this just takes it, those API calls, REST API calls and converts them to graph using the same API that's used to create, generate the documentation. So we like, if you go to the graph docs, you have tabs for each language. So we only write the REST version of it, and then we it generates the the DevX API generates the different languages. So this basically gives you the code in C sharp, PowerShell instead of a static version. It gives you the graph calls for your language in based on what you are doing in the portal. Now support for that differs based on the portal because not all of the Azure portals use graph APIs. They use some use first party APIs, but something like Intune. Is 100% Graph API. So anything you do on Intune, you can just get the script to that in in a matter of seconds. You can get the PowerShell script for the actions that you do.
0: Got it. What about Microsoft Entra? Does this work in the Microsoft Entra portal? It does work in it.
1: It basically works in any portal that has that is calling you to Graph API. So even if you're building Teams and you open Teams in the browser and you have an add-on that's calling Graph, this extension will take and it just shows it in a nicely formatted view like you can always use dev tools but this shows it in a nicely formatted view and it also gives you your language of choice hey i want to see it in javascript so it gives you all the javascript calls
2: this might end ben our never ending debate about update mg user and the ridiculous number of parameters that are available on that command line like it could make your life ever so slightly easier
0: i still have my pet peeve about the parameter that doesn't work and it needs another commandlet.
2: I can't remember which one that is right now. <laughs> that was update mg user extension. Not to be confused with update mg user or one of the other I remember these things for you. I'm like a walking catalog of commandlets that
0: No, it wasn't the user extension. It was update mg user. I'm gonna go find it. You have to come up with a question for Meryl, so
1: I can go ask him about this.
2: I put it in the chat for you.
1: You can let me know <laughs> about that, and I can like that's <laughs> part of my what I do. <laughs> those APIs.
2: It's interesting. Like I always, I spend a lot of time with Azure customers, being in Azure storage, and we're always like, uh, you know, you have those moments with customers where they go like, oh, the portal does this. How do I do it? I'm like. Oh it's the same rest apis that you would use as a customer like all these tools are just expression generators so typically the and 99.999% of the cases that i can think of for the azure portal all those apis are publicly accessible or you go to create a resource in azure you click next 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 create it generates an arm template great the portal is simply an arm template expression generator like have fun make your life a little bit easier you know use these kind of tools to your advantage. Like they're there. Like you're not meant to click next, next, next for your entire life. But at some point, you know, you, you can move beyond that and use
1: these as an accelerator to get you there. And in our org, in the Microsoft Intro org, we are API first. So every feature, the API is built first and then only the UI comes along. So like you can't release, basically, a team cannot release a feature if. The API doesn't
2: exist. We're the same way on our side. Like I can't manifest a feature in storage until it's in our resource provider.
0: Okay, Meryl, I found it. I have my question. Update mguser mg user has a parameter of dash manager that doesn't work. And you have to use set mg user manager by ref and then pass it in. The manager. Yes, pass it in like the body parameter with all the OData information for the manager. And nobody seems to know why the dash manager parameter there is on update Mg user.
1: I can definitely
0: look, uh, <laughs> look into that. <laughs> That's for my you. question. <laughs> not to put you on the spot or anything. But that was my that was my question I ran
1: into the other day.
2: I was just waiting for Merrill to like slowly duck down out of the frame. <laughs> like, oh I'm not here anymore. <laughs> yeah.
1: That lots of these paper cuts like this because The REST API doesn't translate well to the PowerShell way of doing things. And we are trying to, we have this layer that's converting the commands into post and patch and and all of that. And it's not always what a PowerShell person expects, right? So (laughs) that's one of some of the friction that we have. And we are looking at ways to address that because... Yeah, it's not ideal.
2: If you want some hints, ditch auto-rest and start actually writing the stuff from scratch. Like, <laughs> it's really the only way around it. I think it's a contentious thing all over the place. Like you, Great, you've got an API, it's got a swagger definition, it spits out one side. Like So the way to scale those things is certainly like auto-rest, auto-doc generation, like all the goodness that comes from it. But it does present that level of friction. And then, then, then you go back, like, I, I feel your pain. <laughs> We're always doing this on our side too. Like, hey, uh, that thing needs to be changed.
1: Different, right? So, our customers, like, there are PowerShell folks, but now with Entry ID, uh, with all the network stack, there'll be a lot of CLI folks who will be coming in wanting to create conditional access policies. And so they won't use PowerShell. So, our catch is now like, okay, we build this, then we build CLI. Like, if we hand build these things, it's just going to take a lot of effort. And, that was one of the problems with Azure PowerShell. It was handwritten, but it was always trailing behind the APIs. And like customers go, like, that's the API. Why can't you? Why doesn't it work in PowerShell? Because they're always playing catch up, and and the rate of change is massive, right? So, and doing it for that, then doing it for Python, for different CLI. It's that scale of things that um I mean it's a hard problem. Like if it were easy, somebody would have solved it already. It's tough. Like you have to
2: pick and choose your your battles for sure. I know I'm sensitive to it because I know the size of the teams that build these tooling that build this tooling. And you know, somebody on the outside might think, like, oh my gosh, there's gotta be what, like 50, 60 devs on Azure AD PowerShell? And you're like and eh, like, drop that number down. Oh, what? It's only ten. I was like, eh, probably drop that number down a little bit more. Like, I know how many do like our management plane tooling, and it's not a lot. I mean, I even know like I, I manage our SDKs for storage. It's like we don't actually have that many devs at the end of the day that that can make the world go round. So we really do like try and rationalize and and pick and choose our battles and move them through. And I, I encourage customers a lot to explore the APIs. Like you've been given a set of tooling and the reality is like if you're not spending time managing servers, like great, you don't have to maintain ADFS anymore. How much time were you spending maintaining certs and doing updates and like take those hours a month and spend them consuming APIs and potentially building your own not bespoke tooling, but your own tooling that follows the specs that have that have been outlined and can keep you moving forward. And I think there's just a friction there. Like you said, with like PowerShell folks, they see like, oh, invoke, you know, web request or, you know, invoke this REST API. And they go, oh, that feels icky. It's like, I get it. It's like developer reality. It's it's, it's where you got to be.
0: I didn't come from the SharePoint dev world, I came from the IT pro world. I don't like calling REST APIs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so to solve one of that is why I created these graph samples where the community could contribute and um, we can sort of, I don't know if that link is correct, but yeah, say k.ms slash graph sample. So where anyone can contribute scripts they've already written, because if you figured out, for example, the manage thing, you share it, then the next person doesn't need to go through that pain. So that's what we're doing. Right now it's in, we're trying to move it into the Microsoft repo, so uh, those contributions can be used by the docs team. They can take those and put it in the docs itself, because the real world examples are a lot more valuable, right? So we are working on that. So that's, for me, like I saw this problem and I thought, hey, like let's, for the power of the community is a lot that can be leveraged. And I love what the, like the PNP team and for those folks to do. And yeah, like we we should be able to use that to improve everything, right? Like, and not The folks at Microsoft don't know all of the different scenarios and use cases, and this is where you can help yourself and others.
0: I might have to come up with some stuff to send you for this, Meryl. I probably have a few scripts in my repository that... I can add, but I'm keeping this handy too. This is another nice tool to have around.
2: I'm used to going to who is it? The Office 365 IT Pro folks like Tony Redmond, you know, and some of the repos that that they maintain and have going. So, I wasn't aware of this one. Another one to add to the list. Yeah,
1: so I made it really easy where you just hit new discussion and just you can copy and paste stuff. Doesn't matter what like how it is, just paste it and that's it. So, removing that barrier because you do PRs and stuff, people like, oh, that's, I don't even know Git. Like some of <laughs> a lot of the admins, it's new to them, right? So, this is just, uh, I wanted to keep make it as simple as possible to contribute.
0: Yeah. I could talk all about that again, coming from the IT admin side of things, Jason and GitHub and REST APIs and all of that. But I know we were supposed to go up until about three minutes ago. So, we're running short on time. And I don't know if anybody has meetings to go to for Merrill or Bed or yeah, kids I, I, to go to for Scott. But one last thing, you also have a new weekly dose of Microsoft Entra, a newsletter that's out here for maybe those listeners that want to keep up on Entra, what's going on. You put in here the latest news, blog posts, videos, All kinds of stuff that you send this out weekly, I believe. I'm subscribed to it. I get it. Look through it every week. So this is a nice newsletter, entra.news, if you want to go there and sign up. Anything else, Meryl? Anything else you want to tell people where they can get a hold of you? We can put social links to find you too in the show notes, but... Anything else you wanted to cover before we wrap up here today?
1: The intro news. If anyone wants to sign up, because social media is always like depending on the feed, <laughs> depending <laughs> on what the algorithm decides, <laughs> you, people might might not see things, and uh, you might miss a few things, right? So that's uh, why I created this. And I was a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of the Hacker News newsletter, which is just a bunch of links. I I don't. I just want it to be as concise as possible, and that's what I, that's the approach I've taken without writing out a lot of text. I just keep it short and have links. And the bigger part of what I want to do, this is there's so much good content, the community with MVPs that everyone else have been creating. And uh, I feel like that needs to be highlighted a lot more because they really, they are the people who have done it and uh, they can bring in like views that will really help the other admins. Because in, in our Microsoft Docs, we talk about the feature And uh, when you see the post from the MVPs, they talk about, you know, the work that the issues they faced, which a lot of admins would face as well. So sort of that real life experience helps. And there's been so much the community has been. I I didn't think there would be so much every week, but we do have lots happening on this side. So I would just say subscribe to the news that. That'll give you everything, and I try to put in even my posts in that newsletter, so you have it in your inbox, and you can just, again, scan it in a few minutes. If you like something, you can click on it, or just keep it in your inbox and search for it later. It'll come up when you need it.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Meryl. It was fun to have you on the show, dive through some of these tools, talk a little bit about uh, your background, where, where you kind of came from as you were creating these and their uses, and Thanks for all the work you've put into these tools, too, to help all of us consultants, admins, all of us dealing with Microsoft Entra out as
1: we do our day job. So you have a lot of valuable info in here. Awesome. I'm like super excited I could join you. It's uh, been a lot of fun. <laughs> I didn't even notice. And time anytime man. you want to come back, He's you know where to off. find us. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm late for my next
2: meeting. So they're like, <laughs> <you're waiting laughs> for me. We'll let you get to it. Such, such is the way of life. It's how we end every one of these episodes. Got to drop for the next meeting. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you <laughs> all. all right, perfect. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. If you enjoyed the podcast,
0: go leave us a five-star rating in iTunes. It helps to get the word out so more IT pros can learn about Office 365 and Azure. If you have any questions you want us to address on the show or feedback about the show, feel free to reach out via our website, Twitter, or Facebook. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.